Welcome to Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of March 26, 2017. Just when you think that technology is helping people who are blind and visually impaired keep pace with the ever-changing world around us, changes happen that make something as simple as ordering food at a restaurant inaccessible to us. Mike Godino is from New York City, and he talks with us on page two about his visit to a new high-tech restaurant in New York, where he was unable to read the menu, place an order, and even pick up his food without sighted assistance. Mike also tells us about his experience at a Wendy's, where he found it very difficult to obtain the beverage of his choice from the high-tech soda dispenser. There have been many interesting news items posted this past week on the ACB leadership and ACBL lists. Read a press release from the DRA Legal and American Council of the Blind on page 3 describing legal action brought against the Itza restaurants due to the types of inaccessibility we tell you about on page 2. Also on page 3 is news about a case against Coca-Cola that is before the Supreme Court related to inaccessible vending machines. On page 4, a post from Mark Reichert from the American Foundation for the Blind outlines a unanimous Supreme Court decision related to disabled students and their individualized education plans, IEP, under the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act IDEA. The second article on page 4, posted by Kelly Gask at the ACB National Office, explains how the technology business related to people with disabilities will dramatically increase in the next few years. And on page 5 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. We talk a lot about accessibility, and we think of accessibility as having to do with the web or with getting out and in and out of buildings or braille signs on doors. But we're going to talk today with Mike Godino about accessibility of restaurants. And this is not the kind of accessibility that just gets you in the door. So welcome to Soundprints, Mike. And um, let's talk a little bit about uh, what the what an inaccessible restaurant might look like. Oh, pleased to be here. Thanks, Paula. <laughs> um, an inaccessible restaurant. Recently I was asked to visit a restaurant, and uh, I found it to be totally inaccessible, fortunately. Uh, I was able to use my iPhone app to find the place using the address. Uh, and, uh, you know, here I was walking through uh, Midtown Manhattan looking for an address. And I don't know if you know about Midtown, but it's a little difficult. A lot of glass, a lot of brass, and gold leaf numbers written on the inside of the glass. So you got to look up and you try and get sun glare in your eye and trying to see the number that's written on the glass between the glass. And it's tough. With low vision, it's really tough. No vision, virtually impossible. Mm -hmm. And it was just really tough. So here I was looking for an address, um, preferably a sign. Mm -hmm. The restaurant did not have a sign. No sign? No sign. Because it was a high-tech restaurant, and uh, it was billed as such, therefore you use uh, an app to find the restaurant and an app when you go into the restaurant. And you use this app, actually, to review the menu. And if you're able to pay um, with your, your 
iPhone or, or whatever app you're using, your mm -hmm. Android or, or whatever, mm -hmm. you who have a credit card on file, you can actually order your food using the app in your I.O. device or your Android device, and, and you can order right off the menu if the app was fully accessible. Unfortunately, the app wasn't really that accessible, so I really didn't even try to use it. Um, when I got inside, I, I, I found... Um, now, now, hold on. You said you had to use the app to get inside. Did, well, did I you... had to use the app to find the place. Yeah, okay, so you use the app to find it. And you think, oh, that might be okay because there's all of these, there's all of these um, GPS kind of apps, but they don't always place you right at the door, you know? Exactly, and that was I was I mean, guessing. I, yeah, I, I was saying, yeah. am I here? Am I not here? Yeah. And until I opened the door and looked in, I really didn't know I was truly there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you weren't sure because there might have been a restaurant next door. Exactly. So, <laughs> Have you, you know, been I, in the wrong I, place? <laughs> right. I kind of went in with a, with a lot of trepidation, wondering, but then and th but then realized I was in the right place because mm -hmm. I saw a bunch of kiosks. Okay. So um, oh, so this restaurant <laughs> just has. So when you go in, it just has a bunch of kiosks around it. Yes. Are yes, there, there tables and places there, where there you were, can? Right. They were kind of like picnic tables with with you know permanent benches, fast food mm -hmm. kind of stuff. That, mm -hmm. You know. Uh, so you could sit there and, and eat uh, if you were able to order your food. Uh, yeah. You Otherwise, you just sit there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So it, it was quite an experience because I, I had to um, use the kiosk, and fortunately there, there was um, a staff person available when I went in. But, uh, you know, it didn't have to be. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if uh, this person had nothing to do and was outside wanting to help people or wanted to interact with people, but mm -hmm. there really weren't any staff. There were no counters. There were, <laughs> it was just oh. uh, a, a room with some kiosks, some tables, and uh, a big kind of glass wall. And um, the oh, glass my. wall, yeah, and it was really, uh, you know, unbelievable to me. I, I was shocked when I went in. Um, and um, when I went up to the kiosk, I started looking at it, and, and uh, naturally I couldn't see it because of my low vision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, allowed me to see that there was a kiosk there, and I could see that there was something on the screen, but to identify any of it, it was very difficult. Okay. Um, I took the magnifying glass out, and I started looking, and, and the person said to me, well, can I help you? I said, I, I guess. She said, have you ever been here? I said, no, not really. I said, this is my first time. She said, well... Here we, we order using the kiosk, and, uh, you know, you, you, you have to first swipe your credit card. I said, but what if I don't want to order? Yeah. She said, well, you have to, in order to initiate the whole program, you have to swipe your credit card. Oh, wow. Yes. So I, I, I pulled my credit card out, and, and handy-dandy credit card, I, I kind of figured out how to swipe it. She said, just stick it in here and pull it down. and. So that worked, and I pulled it down, and, and um, then the, the menu came up. Okay. And you, you had to go through various menus to get to what you wanted. And I was just trying to order a salad. Uh, basically, it, it's, it's a vegetarian restaurant, uh, modern, you know, no, no meat, and so they're, they're really not preparing anything. Everything's pre-prepared. Okay. Uh, in the back. <laughs> ah. So um, I, I, she kind of read me some things and, and um, some high calorie. There was one that had um, uh, chickpeas.
teas and and uh, quinoa and uh, it was oh, I was like oh no I need something a little lighter than that. <laughs> <laughs> we worked our way down and I, I I ordered a nice salad that did have some quinoa in it but not a lot but it had a. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other vegetables, which were nice, and, and we went through it, and I was able to, well, I wasn't able to. She actually read to me what was in the salad mm-hmm. because I couldn't read. Because you couldn't read it, and it, doesn't, and it doesn't speak? Uh, no, there, there was no. And I asked her specifically, can I, can I you know, do something with the font size, make it a little larger, or invert the, the colors? She said, no. She said, we're actually working on one that you can talk to. Well, that wouldn't help me. I need it to talk to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, well, no, not really. And I said, well, okay. And we kind of got through the menu, and I ordered uh, just a salad to take home with me because I was just, uh, you know, examining the, the restaurant for mm-hmm. uh, uh, usability, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, it, uh-huh. So it was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I finished uh, ordering, because I don't eat um, certain spices, Okay. And uh, I, I was able to actually remove the the uh, one particular spice that I don't like, and, and we took that out. Mm. And uh, I ordered my salad, and when I was finished, it told me that I was, well, she told me I was finished. And, and she said, now you have to watch the screen for your name. Oh, my goodness. I said, I don't know what you mean watch what screen for my name she said up there your name will pop up and it will tell you what cubby your <laughs> where your salad is yeah <laughs> so if you and i were in the same restaurant ordering separately uh you'd have to watch for your name so you wouldn't get my salad well yes and, uh, <laughs> and if i was in there i couldn't watch for my name at all so i wouldn't get any salad i guess <laughs> exactly because your name pops up on the screen and it, oh, and it gives you a number to your cubby uh-huh. Now the the cubbies have a, they're glass enclosed. It's a, it's a big glass wall, and each cubby has a door, oh and there are goodness. numbers on the cubbies. I was unable to see the numbers on the cubbies. I couldn't see my name as when it popped up on the screen, mm-hmm. so I really didn't know exactly how to do it. But um, well, you say this was, is all glass. So was there a lot of glare? There was a tremendous amount of glare. That oh. was what uh, didn't allow me to see what was going on on the on the cubbies. I see. Okay. And when the young lady that was helping me said to me, you know, your cubby is number four, I said, well, which one? She said, this one here, the one with the light square on it. I said, oh, okay. And I went to it, and I was like, well, how do She said, you just touch the glass. And I touched the glass, and I was like, I don't know. She said, well, it's got instructions right here. And she starts pointing to the instructions. I said, well, I can't see things on glass. It's just... <laughs> they disappear. She My says, well, you have to double tap it right here, and, and so that it opens up and lets yeah. you have. Your, so somebody else just can't walk up and get your salad. Right. Well, they could if they saw it blinking. They could walk up, mm-hmm. double tap, take my salad, and I wouldn't have even known it. Before oh my they goodness! Got, got away with my meal. <laughs> yeah, on your credit card. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, 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 there were no people. That, I mean, high tech is nice, and and I truly believe in it, and it's probably a way of the future. And I like the fact that we can order, but until things become more accessible, such as the app mm-hmm. or the kiosks inside of the restaurant, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, I, I really couldn't use it. So I really, we need to have full accessibility in, in, mm-hmm. in these new high-tech restaurants. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yesterday, to the extent, I went into one of the old low-tech 
local um, restaurant here. It was one of the common fast food restaurants. You probably all know them. They um, a hamburger joint, and mm-hmm. I ordered. I, I went to the counter and with I the frosties, them. right? Yeah. Did you I order a frosty? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> but I asked the lady behind the counter, could she help me? And uh, I had difficulties understanding her. Um, Accent-wise, and I'm sure she was having difficulties understanding me, that I, I couldn't see the, the the menu up on the wall over there, and I needed her assistance in, in reading me the salads. I, I ended up with a salad I didn't really want because she didn't understand. I wanted her to read me the, the ingredients and the salad and, and mm-hmm. blue cheese. I don't eat, but I ended Ugh. up with the blue cheese yeah. apple salad, which oh dear, kind of got through it. I kind of picked out the little white dots and and hopefully I, you know, but I could taste it. But the fiasco was the soft drink machine. Okay. It had a, I can't a, wait. a very large screen. Okay. And when I, when I went there, because they give you an empty cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, when I went there, I said, well, I want um, a drink. And let me get, uh, see if I can figure out what I want. Now, there were four different menus kind of flashing, and I, I couldn't figure out what they were, so I pulled out my handy-dandy magnifying glass, and I got real close to the screen, and when my nose touched the screen <laughs> accidentally, it went into a menu. And I was like, oh, oh no, how do I get out of here? <laughs> I was looking at the screen, and fortunately, after a minute or so, it, it came back to the menus, and mm-hmm. I was able to then figure out that I needed to get to this particular menu, and I found the soft drink menu, and and when I selected the the drink that I wanted, uh, it, it kind of gave me a, a another choice of those same drinks mm-hmm. that I didn't know, and and then I selected one. I, maybe I got the right one. I don't know. It was really sweet. I didn't didn't enjoy it at all. I would much rather a glass of water. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I was hitting the the um, it was blinking so it, that it was ready. So when I stuck the cup in, I was getting ice. I was like, well, no, let me dump the ice out. And so I was still blinking, so I stuck the cup in again, and it was still blinking. But no, what you have to do is you push the cup in. If you want ice, you get some ice. And then you got to push the pour button. There's a pour button that was also blinking. So, it, so you had to figure all of this out. It was just a fiasco. Wow. And, you know, I don't see the incidental signs blinking all over the machine, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't go naturally to reading things. I really, mm-hmm. if I need information, I, I claim to have low vision, but, you know, how good is that low vision? It, it doesn't see incidental stuff. Yes. So I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I actually wrote this up and, and I sent it to their corporate office. And, uh, you know, I explained to them that uh, this is one of the reasons I, I rarely do fast food anymore because it it's okay, it's fast, it's usually reasonably priced, but it's just so difficult to use with low or no vision. I, I you know, I couldn't imagine um, you or, or, or my, my partner going in and, and saying, look, I, you know, I, I want some help and not, not being able to get the assistance they need. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it really, um, you know, when we, when we think about accessibility and, and when I think about kiosks, I think about airplane, 
going into the airport or yeah or going to the um, going to the mall the kiosks that are sometimes in the mall but but I really don't think about restaurants that much but um, it would it would stand to reason that if kiosks are becoming more and more um, available in malls and in airports that they also will become more and more the thing not only in restaurants but I would think in other stores and things too. You know, Mike, I read um, an article the other day, and I, I think I'm going to include part, at least part of that article on this edition of Soundprints about um, Walmart wanting to uh, use drones in their stores. Now, that doesn't have anything to do with kiosks, um, and actually that could be real helpful to us in a lot of ways because um, these drones will stay away, supposedly, from the um, the aisles where the customer walks. And so let's say you go to look for, um, oh, I don't know, any item, a, a kitchen item. Let's say you're looking for a blender, and and they don't have, they, they maybe have one there as a, as a sample, but you need, you want one. So you... Um, you you need another drone another blender it's, there's not another one out there so the drones would deliver those items they they would basically be stocking on demand now the issue with that from what you're saying you know at first you think oh hey that could be really cool because that could just bring me exactly what I'm wanting but the problem would be would be communicating because if, if what you've been talking about, let's say, applies to another store, you might have to tap up on a little screen, um, you know, what you want. <laughs> you might not tell them what you get instead of that blender, you know. <laughs> yes, I mean, it, it, and I couldn't get anything. <laughs> everything is just so visual now in, in yeah. everything we do. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I just I, I love the ability to order online and have things delivered to my home. Yes. Um, you know, it's unfortunate when you don't get the stuff that you really want, and, and then you have to send it back. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, 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 drones, I couldn't imagine having a drone going to get what I want, to, you know, <laughs> and not having somebody be able to check it for me. Yes. Yeah, to be sure it brought the right thing. Right, and then I yeah. bring it home, I open it up, and, you know, as you said, a blender. I'm waiting for my blender, and when I get home and open it up, I have a food processor. Then what do I do? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Or maybe just a part for a food processor. <laughs> you might only have a replacement blade or something. <laughs> well, you know, this can bring up all kinds of questions, and um, fewer and fewer, of course, people to help. I, and again, I can understand the the on the part of the retailer um, if if these things can be done. You know, it's just like when we started using machines in factories instead of you know people to do everything. Um, you know, I can understand the automation. I can understand the technology, and sometimes that could be wonderful for us so long as it's accessible. But um, uh, uh, the the real issue could be will that accessibility be built in early like on our on our iPhone devices um, you know when you if you first said to me well, this this would be um, a kiosk that would work with an iPhone app I'd go oh well that could be really good because it it would talk 
I could interact with that. But if the app isn't written for me to be able to interact with it, if the buttons aren't labeled correctly, and the menus don't speak, and I can't interface that with my phone, you know, I only am able to do it on the screen, actually in the restaurant, then there's a real problem. That restaurant would be totally inaccessible to me. So, um, and, that, and that's very true. If, yeah. if the app was fully accessible, you could actually order yes. your app and, and yes. make the order. However, when you're standing in the store and you place that order, mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to see the screen where your name would come up yes. or the blinking. That's button. true. That's true. Unless it somehow interacted with with the app that you might have for the company, mm -hmm. you know. Do you have um? Do you all have Postmates in in New York? I don't know. Of a okay, Postmates. Postmates is is kind of like um, Uber Eats or whatever. Post we we just got it here. It is a service that delivers food. Oh. Okay. Um, you can or delivers anything. You can um order a Postmate. Um, it's a person out there driving a car. And you can um, go in and select where you want it to go. And like if you want it to go to, um, if, if you want it to go to a certain restaurant, Adam and I decided to try it out that we, we, we used to have a Moby Dick restaurant near us and it closed. And so now it's um, quite a ways away and we never get there. So we decided we would splurge one night and see if Postmates would go to Moby Dick. And of course they did. And, but they didn't have the menu. On there, and the app is on the iPhone, and it was very accessible. But since they didn't have the the um, Moby Dick menu there, I, I just needed to enter what I wanted. So you can place a custom order, which I did, and then they go get it, pick it up, and bring it to you. And there it is. Wow. Um, and and you you do just like an Uber. You you put your credit card in, and it pays Postmates, and it pays the restaurant, and 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 you get the food, and you know enjoy it hopefully. And it arrives, and it's hot, and all this. Um, but the the restaurants that have menus in Postmates, like everything from McDonald's to um, a very expensive restaurant, is there's all kinds of things to pick from. Um, that are, you know, and it shows you the things that are close to you. Those restaurants are, for the most part, pretty darned accessible. And so sometimes I go in and look around in, in the Postmates app just to see what the restaurants have. And um, I'm not especially going to order from them. I just use it to browse and see where I might want to go another time. They run specials and stuff, and the delivery is a little expensive. But I don't have to get a cab and go or get an Uber and go. You know, I just ask just and order it and they'll bring it to you. Order it. Fast, fast food at your door. Well, yeah, literally, even if it's not technically fast food. Fast food, right? Yeah. Another, another day we wanted to. Um, and you don't have to deal with that funny soda fountain. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But you know what's also cool is one day we had some things we wanted picked up at the grocery store. And I went in and entered on the custom line what I wanted at the grocery store. And the Postmates went and got it and brought it. Oh, that would be terrific. Oh, that was wonderful. But, you know, the app has to work. Mm -hmm. It really has to work. And the fees have to be reasonable enough that you can get it. But I just can't imagine a restaurant not having a sign so you would know where it is and go in. Now, I didn't see a sign. 
Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it was totally inexplicable. <laughs> you know, because I didn't see one, I, I uh, you know, afterward imagined, uh, you know, in hindsight, that maybe there wasn't a sign and you were expected to actually find this place using the app. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't know because you couldn't access anything to find out. You didn't have any clues, therefore. No, and, and, yeah. and I'm still learning and... I, you know, I totally believe in technology, and we, you know, we mm-hmm. don't have. But uh, because of my low vision and my dependence upon my low vision, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I'm not one that constantly checks my phone and constantly pulls out the phone and, and looks at the <laughs> phone because I have enough trouble trying to maintain, you know, visual feedback from what I, I'm able to see. And right. So you know, I can't distract myself with a with a phone right <laughs> right that's that's another good point i hadn't thought of that because of course being totally blind i'm always accessing my phone right. it's always clicking and clacking and chattering and sometimes i just want it to quit it's too it's overload <laughs> oh my this is certainly an interesting topic and gives us a lot to think about um I am sure that in in New York you all have um I mean you get you get the cutting edge you know technology things get to you a lot before they get to to us um uh, in a lot of us especially in you know Louisville so you know, small compared to you all and you, you guys got a white castle down there Oh yes we do in fact I want you to know we just had white castle this afternoon so <laughs> My grandson was here, and we treated ourselves to White Castle. He went and picked it up, and we waited for it to arrive. It was wonderful. So, yeah, we have we have White Castle. And uh, so, yes, you know, we, we all have our own little special restaurants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I want to I thank you so much. I, I'd like for us to, you know, continue this um we also just began a low vision chapter of both CCLVI and the Kentucky Council of the Blind here in our state, in Kentucky. And, you know, some of these things, the the issues that you bring up, are really um, issues that sometimes, I, I don't think all the glare and everything, I, and and uh, and so on, I don't think Not that... Yeah, it's not. I don't think we give that as much thought as as totals and extremely low vision people. We're thinking, oh, there's nothing that speaks to me. But we're thinking that you, having some vision, are lucky because, well, you'd be able to see that number on that kiosk. But but you can't. So, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting interesting topic. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it, and we'll look forward to hearing more about um, these uh, uh, progress through making these restaurants more accessible. I certainly hope so, and I hope that everybody else will do the same. When you have a problem, definitely write to corporate and say, look, this is an issue, and it doesn't work for me. You know, see what you can do about fixing it. Right. Excellent advice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Want to read digital talking books, download podcasts, and make superb recordings all while on the go? Now you can with APH's Bookport Plus. Its small size, quality recording, and unique capabilities make Bookport Plus an ideal replacement for earlier digital talking book players or inaccessible commercial recorders. Call the American Printing House for the Blind toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. 
Page 3 The following posts appeared on ACB Leadership and other lists during the past couple of weeks. The first is a press release, and the post is entitled, Itza, Restaurant of the Future, Excludes Blind Customers, and it was posted on March 23 by Kelly Gask. For immediate release, March 23, 2017, Media Contacts, Michelle Kaiola, C-A-I-O-L-A, 212-644-8644, M. Kaiola at DRALegal.org, and Rebecca Serbin, S-E-R-B-I-N, 212-644-8644, R. Serbin at DRALegal.org, Itza, Restaurant of the Future Excludes Blind Customers. New York, New York. Itza, spelled E-A-T-S-A, a chain of eateries touted as the restaurant of the future, has arrived in New York City with two Manhattan locations. Yet its high-tech ordering and food pickup process has failed to include existing readily available usability features for blind and visually impaired people in violation of the civil rights law. Disability Rights Advocates, DRA, a national nonprofit legal center, filed a class action federal lawsuit today with plaintiffs, the American Council of the Blind and Michael Godino, a New York resident who is legally blind and cannot access ITSA independently, representing the class. ITSA employs no waiters or cashiers. Instead, patrons order their ITSA meals through a phone app or at one of a number of in-store ordering kiosks. These kiosks consist of Apple iPad devices mounted and framed on a stand. When the food is ready, the customer's name appears on a screen along with a number. The number directs the customer to a cubby where they can retrieve their food. The entire process is silent. While tablets can easily provide assistive technology that make text accessible to blind and visually impaired users with a few taps, these kiosks do not. Strikingly, the audio jacks and home buttons required for accessible options are covered with a frame and no tactile features exist on the kiosks. Moreover, ITSA's phone app is also incompatible with screen reader technology and the food pickup process has no audible or tactile cues. While ITSA's kiosks contain an option to request assistance from an employee, this feature, like every other feature on the kiosk, is inaccessible to blind customers. ITSA is a growing national chain that has received national attention for revolutionizing automated self-service technology in the food industry. It was recently founded by San Francisco branding executives Scott Drummond and Tim Young and funded by David Friedberg, a former Google and Monsanto executive who sold his farming insurance startup 
for $1 billion in 2013. Sophisticated business titans should be well-versed in laws related to accessibility prior to launching new business ventures, stated Michelle Kyola, Director of Litigation at DRA's New York office. The Americans with Disabilities Act's purpose is to ensure equal and independent access for all, including those who are blind, and it has been the law of the land for decades. Plaintiff Michael Godino, a New Yorker who is legally blind and has low vision, was recently unable to access ITSA without sighted assistance. It's frustrating because the technology to make the app and iPads accessible already exists, he explained. ITSA just did not care enough to include this technology in their design. Kim Charlson, president of the American Council of the Blind, said, Technology has had a major positive impact on improving the inclusion of blind people. ITSA's concept is all about the power of technology, but the company did not think to take the added steps to make it accessible for its blind customers. The federal lawsuit filed in the Southern District of New York seeks an injunction against ITSA's further discrimination of persons with disabilities and a comprehensive plan to provide blind patrons independent access to ITSA's restaurants. A copy of the complaint is available at http colon slash slash dralegal.org slash press slash ITSA EATSA dash restaurant dash future dash excludes dash blind dash customers. This article was posted by Kelly Gask on ACB Leadership on March 22 and is entitled Supreme Court Asks Government If Vending Machines Must Comply with ADA Rules. Blind Patron Appeals Coke Suit. The U.S. Supreme Court is asking the Trump administration to consider whether a beverage vending machine is a place of public accommodation under the Americans with Disabilities Act in the case of a blind man who sued Coca-Cola because he was unable to buy drinks from machines at a hospital and bus stop. In an order released on February 27, the court asked U.S. Acting Solicitor General Noel J. Francisco to provide the government's standpoint on whether Title III of the ADA applies only to physical spaces that people can enter. The order came after the plaintiff, Emmett McGee, filed a petition for the Supreme Court to resolve what his lawyers say is a split among the federal circuits. In Emmett McGee v. Coca-Cola Refreshments USA, Inc., McGee said that he was unable to make a purchase from glass-front Coca-Cola vending machines at a hospital and bus station because he could not see the items inside in order to select them for purchase. These computerized machines accept payment from debit and credit cards, have wireless capability, can interact with nearby smartphones, and feature touch screens and LCD displays, McGee said. Notwithstanding their 
technological sophistication, respondents' current machines provide no way for a blind person to determine which products the machine contains or for what price. McGee argued that the soda giant could bring its machines into ADA compliance by retrofitting them with an audio interface and providing tactile features on the keyboard, or creating a smartphone app for the visually impaired. Coca-Cola Refreshments USA, a division of Atlanta-based Coca-Cola company, won the case at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans. The Fifth Circuit dismissed the case, saying that the ADA only applies to companies that own or lease a place of public accommodation, and Coke didn't own the hospital or the bus station where its machines were located. McGee's appeal poses the question to government. Does the ADA apply to websites, vending machines, and other avenues for consumer sales beyond brick-and-mortar establishments? The First, Second, and Seventh Circuits have held the ADA includes non-traditional physical establishments. The Fifth Circuit agreed with the Ninth, Third, and Sixth Circuits that the ADA applies only to traditional physical spaces. Title III of the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990 prohibits public accommodations from discriminating on the basis of disability, McGee said. In this case, the Court of Appeals held that public accommodations are limited to physical spaces that people can enter. In so doing, the Fifth Circuit acknowledged departure from the precedents of the First, Second, and Seventh Circuits and stated that it was following the Third, Sixth, and Ninth Circuits. ADA requirements for the vending industry designating reach ranges only went into effect on March 15, 2012. Ranges can be no higher than 48 inches and no lower than 15 inches. Side reach and other accessibility requirements were also revised. Page 4. The following was posted by Mark Reichert on the ACB list on March 22. Mark says, All, I am very pleased to report yet another rare unanimous decision by the U.S. Supreme Court with historic and positive implications for students with disabilities receipt of a truly free and appropriate public education. As special ed advocates, TVIs, and parents know all too well, the idea does not, and has never, stood for the proposition that special education and related services are supposed to ensure equal access and equal benefit for students with and without disabilities. However, over the course of time, particularly given the Supreme Court's ruling in the landmark Rowley case from years ago, many schools have argued and courts have agreed that all that is in fact required is that the student receive merely some appreciable benefit. As a practical matter, we know that what happens all too frequently is that lots of kids are passed over, passed along from grade to grade with minimum services provided or are otherwise failed by the system. How many times have teachers and parents in our field 
and across the disability community said something like, seems like so long as a student doesn't fail, the states, districts, and schools think they're satisfying the law. Well now, the Supreme Court has spoken again, and while the court is not endorsing what a lot of advocates would have liked to have seen, but were never likely to have gotten, namely some kind of equal benefit standard, the court, in a unanimous opinion authored by Chief Justice Roberts, issued just this morning, has made it crystal clear that being able to show merely some benefit from the services provided doesn't cut it. To meet their substantive obligations under IDEA, states, districts, and schools must offer an IEP reasonably calculated to enable a child to make progress appropriate in light of the child's circumstances. You might say, well, this doesn't sound very strong to me, and read out of context and without an understanding of how courts have interpreted IDEA over time, you'd be right. But I hope advocates will appreciate that this unanimous decision that reversed a lower court's usage of the some-benefit formula sends a very powerful message throughout our entire special education system that says just doing something for students with disabilities isn't nearly enough. AFB was pleased to be one of the groups that joined in the so-called Friend of the Court brief that urged the outcome of this case. Congratulations to us all. Mark Reichert, Esquire, Director of Public Policy, American Foundation for the Blind. Mark's number is 202-469-6833. His email is mreichert, R-I-C-H-E-R-T, at A-F-B dot net. And the link to the Supreme Court opinion is https colon slash slash www dot supreme court.gov slash opinions slash 16pdf slash 15-827.0pm1.pdf. This article was posted on March 21 by Kelly Gask and is entitled Elderly and Disabled Assistance Technology Market to surpass $26 billion by 2024. The article appeared in Forbes on March 21, 2017. The World Health Organization estimates that 285 million people are visually impaired worldwide. 70 million people need a wheelchair. Another 360 million people globally have moderate to profound hearing loss. Globally, more than 1 billion people need one or more assistive products. The global elderly and disabled assistive devices market was valued at $14 billion in 2015 and is expected to surpass $26 billion by 2024, according to Coherent Market Insights. It is a sizable market with an incredibly diverse set of needs. Many products have to be customized which is why 3D printing is an ideal way to study and solve some of it. Matter Hackers 
one of the largest 3D printing retailers in the United States, wants to put a big dent in those numbers by encouraging, inspiring, low-cost or free assistive device models that people can 3D print or build from some other material. Officially, the Envision the Future Design Challenge is to create educational tactile models and assistive devices for the blind and visually impaired. The WHO defines assistive technology as any product that helps maintain or improve an individual function. Hearing aids, wheelchairs, eyeglasses, prostheses, pill organizers, and memory aids are all examples of assistive devices or products. You do not have to go far in 3D printing circles to find solutions or at least potential ideas to solve these sorts of problems or issues. From custom insoles, orthotics, to hearing aids, to haptic feedback in a glove. With an aging global population and a rise in non-communicable diseases, more than 2 billion people will need at least one assistive product by 2050, with many older people needing two or more, according to a WHO assistive device fact sheet. Last year, Matter Hackers, enabling the future.org, and Pinshape partnered to sponsor a design challenge aimed for assistive devices for people living without full use of their hands. Over 200 designs were submitted and are available for free at www.matterhackers.com slash within reach. The Within Reach Design Challenge yielded a number of solutions for many ailments. One of the more famous assistive device designs, not part of the Matter Hackers Design Challenge, comes from the Enable community. The Iron Man video tells the story of Robert Downey Jr. giving an Iron Man prosthetic hand to a child. Awesome video. That design was developed by the UCF Armory, University of Central Florida, led by Albert Monero. A limbitless arm was Enable's first myoelectric design. The limbitless arm is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. Success stories like these inspire more people to realize how accessible 3D technology is making incremental and exponential improvements possible that you might have an idea that could change the world for you or someone else. Page 5. The Sound Prince Calendar. This calendar includes conference calls and events of interest to residents of Louisville and Kentucky. Some national events are also included. Unless otherwise indicated, you can dial in to a conference call by using the number 605-475-6006 and entering code 294444. On April 2, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its monthly committee meetings, Advocacy at 7, Education and Technology at 8, and Activities at 9. 
On April 4, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision, KCCLV, will hold its conference call meeting for the month. The Council of Citizens with Low Vision has been part of the American Council of the Blind for almost 40 years. Find out more about CCLVI from Donna Pomerantz, a CCLVI board member from Pasadena, California. The call is at 8 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006, code 294444. On April 5, the KCB PR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. on the same conference line. April 6, the American Council of Blind Lions has its monthly conference call. This is an opportunity for lions from around the country to share ways in which they are involved in their local clubs. We'll be discussing some Constitution and bylaw amendments for ACB Lions that will permit us to create chapters of blind lions around the country. We'll also be talking about spring activities in local Lions clubs. At 9 p.m., the phone number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. On April 7, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout is from 3.30 to 10 p.m. Includes one-on-one help with cooking, technology, family trees, and more beginning at 3.30, group discussion at 5, dinner, $5 per person at 6, games and crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. April 8 is the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Board meeting at 11 a.m. on the standard conference line. April 9, KCB Next Generation, the KCB chapter for individuals 40 and under, will meet at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, also on the conference line. April 9, ACB Families will have an All Things Convention workshop. Whether you are going to Reno or planning to listen from home on ACB Radio, this is your chance to find out what's going on. Your questions answered about tours, exhibits, special programs, workshops, registration, and so much more. You can unlock the mysteries of the convention program, newspaper, and other sources of information. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time by phone, this is a national call, so everyone is invited to participate at 712-432-3900, enter code 796096. On April 11, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its monthly meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. Participate in Low Vision Fair at Wendell Foster's Young Meeting House. 815 Triplet Street in Owensboro. For more information, contact Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170. On April 13, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have their support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m., Low Vision Tips and Tricks from Jennifer Gindeman, Occupational Therapist and Low Vision Specialist at the Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation. There will also be many other resources and ideas and tips shared at the support group. 
It meets each month at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. Also on April 13, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its conference call meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern on the line at 605-475-4700. The code is 155619. For more information about the Northern Kentucky Council, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. April 14 is the GLCB Roundabout. There will be one-on-one help with cooking, technology, family trees, and more at 3.30, group discussion at 5, dinner at 6, bingo, cards, and crafts 7 to 10, $2 to play bingo. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. April 16 is the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Board Meeting by conference call at 8 p.m. And on, and on April 17 is the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board Meeting at 7.30 p.m., both on the Conference number at 605-475-6006, code 294444. April 21 is another GLCB roundabout. The usual schedule applies. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On April 22, the American Printing House for the Blind Museum presents a walking tour of Clifton from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Join APH for a walking tour of the Clifton neighborhood, starting at the historic 1883 building on the grounds of the American Printing House for the Blind. Learn about the evolution of the area from a sparsely populated rural community in 1830 to a densely settled urban Louisville neighborhood. This is free, but best for older children and adults. For more information, call the museum at 502-899-2213. On April 24, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have its conference call business meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the usual conference line. April 26, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind invites you to their peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information, call 859-259-1834. April 28 is another GLCB roundabout, but this time it also includes the spring quarterly meeting. One-on-one help with technology and family trees begin at 3.30. Bargain table and meeting sign-in at 4.45. Program and speakers at 5.15. Dinner at 6. And business meeting and election of officers from 7 to 8.30. Five dollars per person for the entire event. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. The calendar for May includes the following highlighted activities. There will be no roundabout on May 5 or May 19. On May 6, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind presents its annual derby party. Lots of fried chicken and other yummy party food, games and prizes and fun all day long. Come early or late. Stay all day or just a little while. Doors open at 10 a.m. The Kentucky Derby 
runs around 6.30, so the party will wind up between 7.30 and 8 p.m. $5 per person at United Crescent Hill Ministries. For more information, call us at 502-895-4598. On May 9, celebrate the 175th anniversary of the Kentucky School for the Blind at a special Founders Day dinner. To be held at KSB, ticket information and other details coming soon. May 16 is the next Library Without Walls conference call. Share great books with book lovers from across the country, sponsored by the Library Users of America, LUA. More details and the conference number coming soon. On May 27, KCB Next Generation invites everyone to participate in a Bell of Louisville lunch cruise. Contact Amanda Salm at 502-750-1774 for more information on this and other Next Generation activities. On June 10, the KCB Next Generation invites everyone to its all-council picnic to be held at the Brown Park in Louisville. More details from Amanda Selm at 502-750-1774. On June 30 to July 7 is the 56th Annual National Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind in Reno, Nevada. Call us at 502-895-4598 or visit the ACB website at www.acb.org for more information. And finally, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association invites everyone to its 2017 reunion, August 4 and 5 at the Ramada Inn North, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. For more information, call Adam or Carla Rushville at 502-897-1472. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.